Hello, wrestling fans. Happy Friday to you, or almost Friday, depending on when you're listening to this. Yeah. Welcome to another OVP commentary. This is the third one. Wow. I number know. three. These are actually going to, I'm sorry to say, become Patreon exclusive very soon. Very soon. But we wanted to give you another one. In the spirit of Thanksgiving, this is our Thanksgiving gift to you. Mm-hmm. And in the spirit of Survivor Series. Yes. So we are doing something a little bit different this time around, Quinn. Last time, we did one of my favorite matches, uh, Brett versus Owen. Mm-hmm. And for the first one, we did one of your favorite matches, which is Savage Steamboat. Yes. This one is neither favorite. <laughs> no. But it is actually a an historic match, if you will. Yes, it has some history to it. There is some history. This is in the spirit of Survivor Series, folks. We're going to go all the way back to November of 1990, wow. 27 years ago. That might be older than some of you listening out there. Yeah, little, it might be. Little babies. And <laughs> I was not a fan uh, yet by this point, Quinn. I was five years old. Me neither, but I was a fan of watching old VHS tapes with this crap on it. Absolutely, and I certainly watched a lot of this crap <laughs> over the years. So what we're doing, of course, folks, is The Undertaker's WWF debut. And And to be fair, before we get into this, This was not his actual wrestling debut. He had debuted at TV tapings November 19th, 1990, as Kane the Undertaker. Yes, Kane himself. (laughs) He had a couple of matches. By the time we got to Survivor Series here, which was on Thanksgiving of 1990, still, this is the last time Survivor Series was on Thanksgiving. I always liked that, that it was like on Thanksgiving. Imagine like if this Thanksgiving, Quinn or transplant us maybe 25 years ago, (laughs) you have your dinner and everything, and it's like 8 o'clock at night, and you're like, you know what? I'm going in the other room. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to watch some wrestling. I don't have school tomorrow, you yeah. know, whatever it might be. But alas, um, this is a not to be this year. But mm-hmm. back in 1990, it was Thanksgiving, and The Undertaker debuted as part of Ted DiBiase's Million Dollar Team. He yes, was he, did. he was a mystery partner, and he was going to team up with Ted DiBiase and Rhythm and Blues. Oh, God. I know. Oh, God is right. Yeah, where this timestamp is, I, I, I have a great view of... Um, <laughs> Greg Valentine's leg. Yeah, which is never a good thing. Yeah. So, folks, if you want to sync up with us here, like you've been doing for the last two, you can simply go to your WWE network and go to Survivor Series 1990, timestamp 2410. Yes. 2410. And we will count you down and talk you through The Undertaker's debut, but we're going to start with a little promo here from the Million Dollar Team. With um. This podcast is own Sean Mooney. That's right. A friend of the show, yeah. Sean Mooney. So I'd say in three, two, one, and sink. As they laugh us in. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Look at Valentine. Valentine hates it. Yeah. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Valentine just, I he looks don't like know Roseanne. why they did this to him. <laughs> I, we've talked about it too. Before. It's terrible. It's really, really bad. Virgil's still mad. Mooney's Hon- still Mooney. Yep. Honky still doesn't know how to play guitar. Yeah. Are we getting to the point where Virgil doesn't want to work here anymore? That's the next angle they do. Yeah. Right okay. after this. Yeah. He already looks pissed here. Yeah. They they knew. Yeah. I like the million dollar belt though. Me too. Coco. Now we should mention that this is part of the um, Ultimate Survivor Survivor Series. If you want to explain that for a second, yeah, this was the one year where the winners or the the survivors of each match met at the end in an Ultimate Survivor match. But it really just wound up being heel versus face anyway. Right. I don't know how like they determined that 
Yeah, I guess there, maybe there was just like an A and B team in each, yeah. and that was like how they were going to in KFOB. That's a good point. Yeah. Don't call it KFOB. We also have, unfortunately here, for his second pay-per-view in a row, Roddy Piper as Ugh. the color commentator. Quinn, what do you think of him as Dusty comes out? I mean, he's not the worst. Shouldn't he, he be better? He isn't the best. He just should be better. Yeah. yeah. And I think I, I heard something on Bruce Pritchard's show, which we'll yep. see him later yep. here, I did. About, about that, uh, how Roddy was... Just not they, as good. They, they thought he was going to be better than he was, and he yep. just wasn't that. So this is the dream team, of course. Yeah, and, with uh, American Dream being dump by this point. <laughs> yeah, he didn't care anymore. He knew he was on his way out. Koga Beware was never that good in WWF. Apparently, he was great in Mid-South. Yeah. And and look at the, the Hard Foundation. Foundation. With, they seem to have edited tag team champions on the bottom. They did, right? That big, awkward black square. Yeah. Whoa, 90s hair alert. Wow. Whoa, good lord. Is that a Rosati? Wait. What was Neidhart's Yo, hat? Yo, that girl. That was Lady in the Blue Dress one. From WrestleMania 7. But in a black dress. Well, she's allowed to wear different colors. Wow, Lady in the Blue Dress. So here we go. We have a great collection of talent and Coco Beware. Yeah. And well, uh, and Jim Neidhart. <laughs> well, Dusty's past his prime. Dusty is past his prime. He's not even doing the polka dots. Sapphire's gone. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but this is a carryover from the Rhodes and DiBiase feud. Yes, the infamous where they Ugh. stole Sapphire and she, she had the showed her coat, the, the coat, and <laughs> all that bullshit. Yeah, exactly. And here we go. So we get DiBiase. Oh, rhythm and blues theme, hunka hunka hunky love. Yep. From WrestleMania six. Let's listen, shall we? We need a hunka hunka hunky love. We need a hunka This pay per view for me. I'm the one you've been dreaming of. That'll we do it, Quinn. Quinn. love. Will you stop? So this pay per view to me was never good. No, I never liked this one. It's not good at all. I rented it a handful of times. You know, I you always, always want it to be good because I think the Ultimate Survivor concept seems awesome on paper. Yeah, and in, in 1990 was still a decent year. Yeah. No, but this pay per view to just not deliver. There's no hook, you yeah, know. There's it, no hook. It's just, it's like I feel like we're waiting for WrestleMania seven to happen. Honestly, like, yeah, this is just a waiting period. This is very similar to its sister show, Royal Rumble '91. Yeah, same commentators, you know, a lot of the same talent, mm-hmm. and it's mediocre. Like Rumble '91's pretty good. It's better than this. Rumble '91's not bad. It's, it's better than this. Yeah, this is worse than SummerSlam '90. Oh, yeah. And SummerSlam is worse than WrestleMania. So we're in so a downward. Yeah, it's a weird period of time. Well, here we go. The yeah. Million Dollar Man's ready. Let's listen in, folks. Yes, they do. Further ado, like he's French, by the way. I needed <laughs> to say that. Here he is. Oh. Oh, the Undertaker! <laughs> All casual. So, brother love, look how evil he looks. Now, if you look very carefully, you will see Conrad Thompson lurking behind Bruce Pritchard there. Yeah, he might be under brother love's butt. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to look close. It's a good spot for him, actually. Yeah. So, the Undertaker here is, like I said, folks, making his television debut. This is the first time anyone saw him. However... Oh, there's Conrad. Oh, you're right. There he is. He's he's got an observer in his hand, actually. And um, he's walking a little faster than he normally would, Quinn. Yeah, I mean, it's not all there yet. No. I've heard Pritchard say that it was... The character initially was designed to be the yin to 
uh, Brother Loves Yang or something. I don't want to be anywhere near Brother Loves Yang. The, mean, the meaning that That's Brother Loves wears all white and The Undertaker wears all black mm. and The Undertaker is pure evil and Brother Love is like also pure to, evil. Yeah, but The Undertaker. Hey, look, it's Vince Russo. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Brother Love's ah! trying to be, you know, what he is or whatever. He doesn't look like a happy camper, you know, <laughs> you know. <gasps> That's my Roddy I, Piper, I, folks. This is one of the best ways to debut someone ever. That I will agree with because yeah. a scant few months earlier, this had been mean Mark Callis with no shirt. Yeah. And Paul. Nobody had, recognized him here. No, because nobody knew who he was to begin with. Yeah, His last true. notable thing, I think, was jobbing a Luger at the Bash 90. Good for him. Yeah, exactly. Mean Mark Callis. Now, when he wrestled as Mean Mark, folks, in WCW, he was a, a bit of a um, big guy, but that's all he had going for yeah, him. there was really nothing to him. This is cool, though. Yes, it and, is. And, and, and who was his first contact with? Brett the Hitman Hart. Little known fact, actually. People seem to remember it being Coco. Yeah, the man that would screw him on Raw right before WrestleMania 13. That's right. And the man who would uh, defeat oh. him. Look at that, a rock bottom almost. Hey, my least favorite ref ever. Are you sure it isn't Dave? I also see That's Shane all. in the background as the second ref. Because remember, this Always. is during the period of time at Survivor Series. Ah, oh, there's too many men! Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, Gorilla. Now, another peculiarity here, two of them, Quinn. Earl's got long sleeves, which he never had. Well, it is the fall, Joe. It it's is. It's November. Undertaker's gloves are black, not yeah. gray. Well, Look they haven't that. figured the character out yet. They're getting there. Yeah. Now Coco comes in wearing pink like the hearts and, and he's gets about killed, to get killed. Yeah. Which is awesome. Look at that. Doink. <laughs> doink. You I, I'm suck. pretty sure he pins him like in a second. He gives him a nasty tombstone right about now. There it is. Here we nasty. go. Nasty to the side. Look at this. Not even facing hard camera. Dead. Oh. <laughs> How does Gorilla yeah, know Gorilla that? Gorilla knows immediately. I think it's a tombstone. Yeah, totally fucked up. He broke kayfabe a little bit there. Vince backstage. Damn it! You're not supposed to know. Well, Gorilla was there for those Kane matches. So now I, yeah, you're right, (laughs) Kane. Now I have heard, and I've never been able to quite confirm it, that that move was actually called a tombstone before 1990. I could see that. And that's why they used it as his finisher, but I'm not sure if that's Uh true. So they picked it because it was called that. It's possible. Yeah. But now Brett, and look at this, the casual. (laughs) <laughs> Good. So bring I'm not your- dealing with somebody who can actually fight me. <laughs> yeah. like, He's just like, fuck you, basically. Oh, I like how he gave that look yep. to the ref. Yeah, like, especially to Earl. Just like, I'm the Undertaker. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. So Dusty is uh, better than he had been because right, he doesn't because have polka he dots. he isn't Common Man anymore. He's just Dusty Rhodes, the legend. He's just regular Dusty Rhodes. But yeah. Valentine is the worst version of Greg Valentine possible. To ever exist. Because he's got black hair. Now, he would soon go back to being regular Greg Valentine. January of 91. Good. So, Valentine is one of the... I sound like Petey Winston here. One of the last wrestlers that I can think of in the 90s that didn't wear knee pads still. Well, honestly, I mean, there's, there's guys nowadays who don't wear knee pads sometimes, but... That's true. You're saying he he was like in this the era. end of this yeah, era. In this era. So, Brett with a tag in here, a little Heart Foundation action. If you're listening on audio only and not syncing it up, which I know some people do, yeah. where you don't hear the WWF audio under it, uh, what's going on right now in the ring is Brett is hammering away at Valentine. Mm-hmm. Whip into the ropes. Charged by the hitman. Eats a boot to That's the a face. pretty good spot, actually, I gotta say, but Valentine's selling Tweaked it. Tweaked his knee? Yeah. Because he's old as shit. <laughs> 
Please don't tag in Honky. Don't tag in Honky. He tagged uh, in Honky. That's his tag partner. For the record, one of my least favorite wrestlers. I hate the Honky Tonk Man. I and, feel like and, this is one of the latest periods we see Honky Tonk Man. Is this the last pay-per-view he's ever on like as in a his traditional form? I, as a wrestler? Yeah, not on like, is, Raw yes. in 96 or some shit. Yeah, he would go on, folks, to... And we're just going to give context and, and analysis here rather than play-by-play, obviously. But Honky would go on to commentate superstars until January of 91. I've and seen those episodes. He's bad. He's horrible and he would not be seen again until late 96 unfortunately yeah i don't know why he, uh, about he the same stinks. time brother love came back too yeah right around that time speak of the devil yeah oh look conrad back there oh Take, there he is yeah taking notes he does research quinn well gotta write this down <laughs> anvil with a huge power sum can that put him away please two three yeah thank wow. you DiBiase. The eliminations are <laughs> hot and heavy here. That's because this match is hot and sucky. Yeah. So DiBiase, the real wrestler of his team, comes in just beating the fuck out of Anvil. DiBiase's good. He's always what he <laughs> always was good. Yeah. Never I, upper echelon, but I want to see the DiBiase documentary that just came out. I want to see that the, too. The Price of Fame. Yeah. It looks really good. He's an interesting story because he had a really fucked up life in the eighties and nineties. Drugs and yeah, all he, that. His, and, he cheated on his wife. Oh and she yeah. Found out. Uh huh. And all this shit, and it all turned out good for him. Yep. Here we go. Finally, dream versus dream. Yeah. The American dream versus the million dollar dream. Aha. That's pretty clever, Joe. Well, that's why they called. That's why they called finisher the million dollar dream. Ah. Uh, Virgil is right. Virgil uh, yes, Waddles. of course the Virgil. I just didn't think any other, other part of Ted yeah, million dollar dream connected there. Sure. Big drop kick by Dusty though. That was impressive. And now an Irish whip in. Double right. elbow there by Nightheart and Dusty. A cover by Nightheart. One, two. By the way, notice only. Dusty's Hulk Hogan boots he's wearing. <laughs> did you notice that? I did. Yeah, the action figure had him too. Big suit play there. Wow. Oh, did the action figure have the cowboy boots? Oh, you're right. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Nightheart and DiBiase now going out. Undertaker hasn't done anything since he tagged out. Well, because the next headlock. time he comes in, he'll be kicking some ass. They have to have a match, you know, Joe. Yeah, that's true. Is this the first up? Oh, is this the first year of the four on four? Um, nineteen eighty nine was the first year of the four on four, and DiBiase just the eliminates Nightheart. Shane McMahon on the outside admonishing Virgil. Get out of here. Brett is the most realistic wrestler that I've seen. Right, I it's love Brett and DiBiase, which they would also oh. go on to fight each other in um nineteen ninety one, I think. Ninety one, eighty nine, too. They had yeah. had some matches. They're they're great together. They are good, solid pros together. I primarily remember them having a decent match on Saturday Night's main event a couple months 90, after this in ninety one. Ninety one, April. Yeah, the last NBC Saturday Night's main event. Right. Yes, and Dusty and with big left hands, and then the. The spinning, spinning puncheroonie, whatever puncheroonie. I'm fine with that. This is such a good extension of like a DiBiase flair feud. I mean, sorry, a uh, Dusty Rhodes flair feud in terms of money versus yeah, yeah. Common I mean, man. it's the same idea. It's the WWS version. It's brief. Oh you know, shit! Though the Undertaker is going to fight Dusty Rhodes here. Good Taker with a big shitty Damn. kick. So anybody who ever thought. Did Dusty Rhodes ever fight The Undertaker? Here you go. Little interesting footnote there. Yeah, I don't think that's something I've never heard anyone say. No. Did Dusty Rhodes fight The Undertaker? Speaking of another footnote, Kerry Von Erich opened the show with uh, the <laughs> Ultimate Warriors team. That's unfortunate. Half a footnote. Yeah. So Undertaker and Brett now going at it, which is pretty cool. That yeah, I mean, this would be an ongoing thing. That oh, look at that! Look at the look on the Taker's face. I'll give Mark Calloway credit here, and I always will. I mean, he knew how to play this character. 
Oh, yeah. It's like he was made for this character. He was, because if you look at Mean Mark right. in WCW, mm-hmm. he seemed like creepy and weird anyway. Yeah. He, he doesn't look like a normal guy, inverted atomic drop there by Brett. Not at all. Right? Like Mark Calloway did not look like a normal guy. Mark Callis, you mean? <sighs> yeah, mean Mark Callis. Mean Mark Callis. He was He's not, so callous. He was not nice, that's for sure. And Dusty no, with a bionic this elbow, This match yes. is generally remembered for The Undertaker beating the shit out but of it's everyone. Not bad. But it's actually like, there's actually a match here. Yeah, once you get fucking Honky Tonk Man out of there. Yeah. Seriously, now, Honky's the worst wrestler in this match. Oh, yeah, and I mean, Greg Valentine's no prize either at this point. Better than Neidhart, though, Valentine. Well, Neidhart's gone, so. Yep. Ooh, kick Man. to the balls? <laughs> whoa, re- whoa! Now, He's moving recall, way too fast. Taker. Whoa. Yeah, if I recall, Taker's gonna soon fight Dusty, like, to the back or something. Yes. He doesn't just eliminate everyone, right? No, he doesn't, but he... Look at that hook in the wow. leg. He pins him with Holy a double shit, axe. He pinned Dusty Rhodes. See, I actually forgot that. I thought they just fought to the back. Whoa! Throw him out of there like wow, a piece he- of shit. Hey, Conrad. Wow, holy crap. Conrad's under the ring taking notes. Yes. Brett is... Look at Brett. I love Brett. He just tries to attack. I can't believe Taker just beat <laughs> Dusty Rhodes like in a second. Oh, look. You see Brother Love's ass? Yeah. If you if you look a little closer, you see Conrad. <laughs> so, Brett, by Damn, the way... Damn, he's still kicking his ass. <laughs> and I'm doing this without history. The WWE.com in front of me. Right. Brett's brother had just died. Oh, really? Dean? Dean. Just died uh-huh. right before this, is, this show. And this is the spot where we get yeah. Undertaker out of the match. Exactly. Because Good. we can't have him lose. That would be stupid. Exactly. That would be stupid. So he just punishes him to the back, and he was kind of... He's moving so fast, though, for the yeah, Undertaker. It's weird, right? Zombie-like. Hey, right, Goulet. There's still something zombie-like about him. You're I don't right. know why. Like It's just like... Because the way he's like choking people, I'm just yeah. staring at them. You're right. May I ask you a question? How was the Undertaker counting out when he wasn't the legal man in the ring? I don't know. Was he? Because they like they like went away, and I didn't know if there was a tag or not. Didn't he tag out to DiBiase? I'm not or sure. Valentine? I don't know. Because the way they did that, like Dusty was getting kicked. Oh, and and the Undertaker don't... left the ring with him. You're right. He and never tagged. No, he could have tagged. Is what I'm saying off camera. He didn't. Whoa! Look at that cradle by Brett. Two, three. Nice. And now, folks, what you get is an often overlooked. Very good exchange, like like a singles match, basically. Yeah, between Brett and DiBiase. Right, it's very good in terms Which, of again, wrestling. Which again be continued later on with Saturday Night's main event. Yep, and they also have a very good exchange at Survivor Series '91. Right. So Excellent. here we go. Just, these two always had chemistry. Big atomic drop. Let's get now. DiBiase was not the DiBiase of 1988 anymore. He was not a main event he wasn't, threat. He also wasn't as injured as he would be later, I don't think, Look either. At, no, you're right. Look at that, a plancha by Bret Hart. Yeah, damn. This is what I'm saying. Like, Bret Hart, th- he's a tag champion here. He's not right. singles champion Bret Hart. Correct. This is coincidental that we happen to be talking about him again for the second episode in a row. It wasn't planned. No. Um, but man, was he good. Oh, yeah. He was doing stuff that wasn't really being done at this level. No, because you figure Warrior, you know, Tornado, yeah. Hogan, Demolition, guys like that. There's a definite threat of a double count out here. There is. Oh, man. Okay, so Brett gets him in. Brett's, I mean, uh, Piper's very just yelly on comedy. He's not that yeah. good. This is why you should listen to our commentary. Yeah, overhead. really. <laughs> now, there's oh, no the sharpshooter. Sharp no, he doesn't have it yet. He's the fans gonna... seem to get hyped about it for some reason. Take him in the balls. There it is. And he kicks him in the balls. 
what a nice exchange. And from what I understand, I don't know if it's from Brett himself or someone, but this was a tribute to Brett's brother, Dean, who was oh, his hero. Well, that's nice. Dean Hart, folks, was the young... He was a little bit older than Brett. He was on the younger side. You know, he wasn't the oldest by any means. But he but had some problems, right? Medical kidney issues. failure. Yes. He died from kidney failure in 1990. Oh, look oh, at that. Oh, I love that bump. Brett would continue to do that spot for years. Yep, and you know who picked it up after him? Uh, was Sean Waltman. Nice. As, as X-Pac, usually. Look, you can get a near fall off mm. of it. That's how convincing it's sold. I mean, DiBiase should have went for the pin there. He's the consummate wrestler. That's what I like about he, DiBiase here. That's what I like, too, is, you know, he's a rich asshole. Yes, he will buy anything. he went anything. to the best wrestling schools, yep. too. So. He is <laughs> just like <laughs> Triple H. When he went to Fancy Boy Wrestling School or whatever. Yeah, Fancy Boy. Now, yeah. I believe you can hear DiBiase call it. You can hear him call a spot here. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I don't hear anything. Oh. I think maybe I missed Why it. Why did he go down like that? Oh, th- it's on purpose. See? Oh, okay. He thought Brett would run at him in character. Now, there's mm. there's some people in the crowd getting real excited. Yeah, they're like, whoa, it's a match. It's not like just a bunch of boring Survivor Series shit. I love it, right? Because a lot of times it would stall in Survivor oh, Series because yeah. they're like, oh, it's got to be. Oh, man. Tripped. But a lot of times they would have to stall because there wasn't as many matches. I know. That's you're a, right. Because there's so many guys being used. You can't have as many matches. Look, he was playing possum. Wow. Nice. Look at even Virgil's like fuck. Damn, Shane's like get off there. <laughs> oh shit! This oh this is gonna backfire to set up their feud, isn't it? Oh, you know what? Good point. Let's see. And DiBiase yep. hits Virgil. Is that it? Now uh, look at this. See, this DiBiase should have lost there because that would have launched the feud. If he cost him Survivor Series match, that would have yep. been a bigger deal. Listen to how into this the crowd is. And this was a nothing... This totally changed from the beginning of the match. What's interesting about this match is a lot of it is the Futures uh, division of the WWF. You got The Undertaker and Bret, Bret Hart, yeah. and you're highlighting both of them in this one match. Right. And it totally started out as like a generic, like, all right, we got Rhythm of Blues and Coco Beware yeah, and all shit. these guys from the 80s, basically. Yeah. But now we got Brett and DiBiase going at it. Look at Look this. At that. One, two. God. Oh! He is... Wow. <laughs> Brett said fuck on camera. Yeah. Wow. I like how that kind of just oh. ended, though. Like, the, I, the, it was just like, it was a good match for a couple minutes. And the veteran won. The veteran got the best of him. Yep. And Brett is like, oh, I tried. He, it's like, Brett will be a force to be reckoned with in the future. Like, yep. you can feel it. At this point, DiBiase escaped by the skin of his teeth. He still has that experience. He still yep. got the edge. And what's interesting is Brett would go on to play a character very similar to that, where he was the KG veteran. Yeah. You know? But DiBiase here tonight is the KG veteran. That's right. Very well said, uh, Quinn. Are we, we going to get a replay here? Let's check out the replay here. So we get an Irish whip in reverse by DiBiase. Brett ducks the clothesline. Crossbody. DiBiase rolled through. Thinking. Two, three. And you know what that means? DiBiase, if you're if you want to continue to watch this show after this commentary, we'll get to go to the Survivor series ultimate, ultimate match yeah, or whatever the finale. fuck it is. And that'll cut off our feed there. Um what'd you think of that, Quinn? Not bad, huh? A way better match than it had any right to be. I mean, it yeah. really was designed to be the Undertaker squashing people. Yes. And that's like, really Brett what it's Hart known for, too. Looking cool. And, yeah. and yeah, most people, I would think to this day anyway, 
tend to forget that outside of the theatrics of The Undertaker debuting, yeah. there's a pretty decent wrestling match in there. The crappy guys yeah. are eliminated early. I mean, it, it's too short. Let's put it that way. It's not anything to write home about. It never would be. Yeah. But I would say if we were going to use the match, you know, the match rating, the star rating, three I would say half. three. Yeah, three and a half maybe. Something like that. It's enjoyable. It's a yeah. nice, tight, little fun package there yeah. to watch. Which is a highlight in a kind of shitty show. It is a very shitty show, Survivor Series 1990. Yeah. There is, and it has the gobbledygooker to cap it all off. Yeah. So, I mean, if you if you're looking for a hidden gem there, that's something. That's a really good match, and that ending sequence with Brett and DiBiase is the best wrestling you're gonna find on the show. If you yep. like wrestling, yep. like exchange of holds and sequences and stuff, mm-hmm. it's the best you'll get on this show. So, folks, we hope you enjoyed this commentary, uh, OVP commentary number three for the Survivor Series 1990 match. <laughs> Please be sure to check out episode number 58 coming to you this Monday, November 20th mm-hmm. as we romp through the world of retro wrestling. You can, as always, find us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us at ovppodcast at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group if you haven't yet just by searching our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. We have a Patreon if you want to donate and in general, just have fun You know, as you join the OVP community. Yeah, have fun, talk That's to the right. group and it it's a great time it is a great time so have a good weekend have a good friday we will see you on monday make sure to listen to episode number 58 yep and have a good survivor series as well have a good survivor series this sunday as well see ya